that's a family I wouldn't mind living with. Yeah. Um, they seem like they're pretty cool. Well, I guess there's a spot open. <laughs> oh, oh, that's oh, oh, hey. Yeah. <laughs> Anthony's bringing the heat during that a was, very solemn moment. That was oh. not cool, and I admit that. <laughs> ah. Did you love the search for the perfect rental on a Friday night, finally settling on something you would someday regret until you do a podcast about movies much like this one? I know that's what we've done. And welcome to Mike and Anthony's Soda Pop Culture Club. Me, Mike, along with my co-host, Anthony. Flesh all a mesh, you filthy animal. And a happy bee sting. <laughs> Bring our take on a classic movie. Every Monday from the 80s, 90s, and beyond, during which we'll play the game and open up a six-pack of favorite scenes. We also point out a couple of generic scenes as well. At the end of the show, we will rate the movie 1 to 24 cans. One can is a horde of bees chasing you down, and 24 cans as well. Jamie Lee Curtis as your personal assistant. Anyways. Wow. (laughs) But before we get to all that, we want to let you know. That we have a website. It's a wonderful place where you can make your own movie suggestions. So if you want to guarantee we do your movie, just like today's episode, all you have to do is make a donation of $25 using our Venmo or PayPal. The name is at Soda Pop Culture Club. Don't forget to make sure you say what it is for, for when you make your donation. We also strongly encourage you to email us, letting us know why you want us to do the movie you requested. You can email us at Mike and Anthony at SodaPopCultureClub.com. If you don't use the request portal anyways, that's what you should do. If you use the portal, you can do it all right there and just make sure you send the donation. That's all I'm saying. Um, And if you want to support the show without a movie request, it's easy. Just hit the merch link on our website and uh, all your wildest dreams come true. You can buy t-shirts, fanny packs, beer, dabbled in NFTs. Go crazy with it. We haven't made anything exciting, though. Did you hear about the NFT that uh, Tom Brady just purchased? No. It's like a half a million dollar. Did it? It's literally. It's not a physical thing. It's digital art. Right. Right. Yeah. Okay. Anyways, <laughs> sorry, I get sidetracked in my own opening. A couple more things. Don't forget to share the show with your friends. Check out our Instagram at Mike and Anthony, where we post thirst traps of Anthony and his glistening abs, or whatever you call that lump below his breast. We also have a Twitch channel. <laughs> we also have a Twitch channel. Admittedly, it hasn't been very active, as I've said um tuesday nights i promise i will do it eventually how about this when we quit recording on tuesdays probably in may we'll we'll, we will kick it back up so look for us in may on this it's probably may when this comes out so there you go (laughs) so look for it there you go plus go to apple Podcasts. we suggest you download us there hit us for five star review and comments it would be super awesome and it helps us grow the show helps us out a lot anthony what's up let these folks know all the wonderfulness that's going on here. I will, but right before that, I do have to interject real quick just with a kind of funny side note here. My six-year-old son yesterday was 
going bow chicka wow wow. Oh, nice. Because I just did that. I'm like, where did you hear that from? And I didn't want to make a big deal out of it. So it was just like some video or something he saw. Yeah. Oh, no. It was, I think he said it was from the Croods. And I don't remember that being in there, but it must have been. <laughs> like, I'm like, seriously, the fucking Croods are teaching us porn music? What the hell? Bow, chicka, wow, so anyway, wow. Yeah. <laughs> then it's like you can't say anything because he's still fucking singing it. I'm just like, well, okay. Whatever. So if it's on the Croods, I guess I can't really say anything. Anyways, uh, big thank you to Brian, who did not give his last name, but we do appreciate it, and we won't use your last name if you ask even us Even if he to. gave it. Yes, even if he <laughs> gave it, and and that's fine. It's all good. But Brian from Cleveland requested us to do this movie and did make a mention that he wanted to know our views on it now as adults, which we've got some. So, Brian <laughs> from Cleveland, thank you. Go Browns if you're a fan. I'm not, but I'll still yes. say it for you. Go Browns. Thank you. thank you for your donation. We appreciate it, and we are going to do this for you right now. We're going to get right into it. My Girl. Boom. Here's a breakdown by the numbers. Directed by Howard Zeef and starring Zeif or Zeef. I apologize. Z-I-E-F-F. I don't know. But starring Dan Aykroyd, Jamie Lee Curtis, Macaulay Culkin, Anna Klumski, and Griffin Dunn. My Girl was released on November 27th, 1991, taking in $121.5 million at the Fuck. box office against a $17 million budget. It scores 6.9 out of 10 on IMDb and 50% on Rotten Tomatoes. My gosh. Bone That's a lot of money for this movie. I did not yeah. realize well, $121 million. I mean, they promoted the hell out of this because I remember the commercials for this. Which yeah, we'll get you know, into later because it kind of pisses me off. So it's since we went over the cast before I hit the trailer, I will say a couple facts that I put here because of the the casting. Culkin's price for this movie skyrocketed following the huge success yeah. of Home Alone. The mo- movie's marketing campaign used the slogan "Mac is back." I believe he made one million dollars for this movie, which is a lot. I mean, for a kid to make, and you know they didn't finish it. Mac is back, but not for long. Oh, no, I can't do that now. <laughs> but the, I have another one. Da- Though Dan Aykroyd may seem like the perfect fit for Harry Saltonfuss, the role wasn't immediately his. Tim Allen, Bill Murray, Chevy Chase, and Steve Martin were all considered for the part. Ultimately, it was Aykroyd's experience with dramatic acting that landed him the role. So, so. your choices then were narrowed down to two Ghostbusters, two jerks, and a tool. Or a tool man. <laughs> and I did, you know, you have that on here. And I was like, what's the two jerks? And I'm like, Chevy Chase. Fuck <laughs> yeah. it. That's Chevy gotta Chase. be Chevy Chase. Chevy Chase, the real life jerk. Steve Martin, the jerk. All right. So are you ready for this uh, trailer? Oh, yes. This is for you, Brian. <laughs> there he was, just a walking down the street, singing. Dad? I'm embalming my high school teacher. Don't sing. That's my best friend, Veda Saltonfuss. Veda and Thomas. Most of the girls don't appreciate her. I always surround myself with people who I find intellectually stimulating. A lot of the guys are a little afraid of her. Okay, lean forward. (laughs) But she's more fun to be around than anyone I know. This summer, though, Things are changing for everyone. Do you ever kiss anyone? No. Her father just found someone. I'm going out with Shelly. I'm very nervous. 
Since the last time you dated, something happened. The sexual revolution. Good at kissing and dancing. I'm very optimistic. And a grandmother just lost her marbles. It's quarter to three. No wonder Vader's acting so funny. What we're going to do is send our vibes out into the group. Feel my aura. I don't think I'm allowed to. I'm going to marry Mr. Bixler. You can't marry a teacher, because then he'll give you all A's and it won't be fair. Dad likes her better than me. Big girl! I'm running away. Going to Hollywood to live with the Brady Bunch. I'm going to live with them, too. No, you can't. They have enough kids. You'll have to live with the Partridge family. They say sometimes, when you get older, friends stop being friends. And not Veda and me. She'll always be my girl. From the producer of Parenthood, Columbia Pictures presents Dan Aykroyd, Jamie Lee Curtis, Macaulay Culkin, and introducing Anna Klumski. Veda, what'd you think of me? For what? Well, if you don't get to marry Mr. Bixler. I guess. My girl. There we go. So right off the bat, I got to, I don't know the facts about this. Maybe, you know, I don't know, but you mentioned yeah. Macaulay Culkin shooting to superstardom there after home alone. Yeah. I know. Like, did, I know they a lot recut, of did they recut that whole commercial with his voiceover on it for that reason? It I don't know if they, like they recut it, but they, I do know. That. Yeah. I do know that they really capitalized on him being in there, and I'm guessing they did. They also added more scenes, which I may have a fact on that between him and Klumski because the chemistry was well. Because it's funny, like when you watch the movie, and here's the thing. I I don't remember hearing that trailer with his voiceover on it. Oh, I do. I don't remember that. Um, I remember commercials about it when I was a kid when I saw it. I don't remember his whole voiceover thing with that yeah but it's like you watch the movie and it's It's not him plain as day that yeah of course they would redo it like that before the movie came out but but what's funny is that you you hear him doing that whole internal monologue there on the trailer but the movie is all veda's internal monologue exactly it's really a disconnect. It's a complete <laughs> disconnect. It's like, dude, seriously. Like, and I get why you would do it to get people to go see it. Cause Macaulay Culkin, cause they weren't planning on that probably when they shot the movie. So yeah, I get 100. that, but it's like, Jesus dude. It's like, that's not even close to like the movie itself. <laughs> it's whatever. It's kind of its 30th anniversary. We're a little late by about seven months, but seven months six, and six seven months, bee stings. Seven yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So, okay, are you ready to play the fav- my favorite, the game? Oh, yes, please. Thank God. Can we play the game? Yes, I hit the right music the first time, and I'm going to tell Good you job. what the game is. The game is where I have three movie reviews. One of them is fake that I had wrote, so... It's my work, and then there's two other real ones in here, and all you have to do is guess which one I made. That's all you have to do, and you're a winner. So you can play along with Anthony and see if you can be a winner too, but anything Anthony does, he's a loser. Play with me. So I don't know about that. Play along with me. Whatever. Play play with me. That's what he says. There you go, guys. 
All right. Are we ready for this? Yes, I'm ready. Go. All right. Leah Edwards of High Art. This movie emotionally ambushed me, and it was beautiful. Elliot Panic. Common Sense Media. Coming-of-age tale tackles death for older kids. Scott Weinberg. eFilmCritic.com. Syrupy sweet, but just this side of watchable. All right. So, Anthony. I've given you three choices. I need you to tell me which one you think I wrote. I don't know which one you wrote. I'm just going to say the fake one's the first one because I don't want that to be a real review. And fuck you because you're right. Yeah. (laughs) I don't want that to be a real review. Oh, God. That was. (laughs) But Leah Edwards is a Mean Girls character. I don't remember which one, but that's. Oh, she wore pink. I don't think she wore pink because she's one at that fucking table. What are you talking about? <laughs> but you got it right. No, I thought I thought maybe the syrupy sweet one you might go for because I, I will tell you I almost did. Okay, but that first one I'm like, it was more like I said it, that's got to be fake because I don't want that to be a real review because <laughs> like, fuck everything. Real. It was like fuck everything about that review. Like that just sounds like a bougie bitch that's has no business reviewing movies. Fuck you. <laughs> Well, there you go. See, <laughs> you're talking about me here. I know. Yeah, me. <laughs> Winning. People, if you ever come on this show, uh, just remember, he's going to treat you the same way he treats me. Yes, I will. Now, I'll treat them a little better. Because <laughs> You're I not bougie. Treat, you're just would, a bitch. <laughs> I would treat a complete stranger better than you. Oh, okay. Without doubt. All right. Now, are we ready to get into this movie? Yeah. Are you ready for this? So ready. Emotional Give ambush? Give me some beta. <laughs> All right. Veda Saltenfuss is an 11-year-old girl living in Madison, Pennsylvania in the summer of 1972. Her father, Harry Saltenfuss, operates the town's funeral parlor, which also serves as their home. Veda's upbringing leads her to suffer from hypochondria and develop an obsession with death, and her father fails to understand it. Also living with them is Gramu. Veda's paternal grandmother, whose recent mind-wandering accentuates Veda's worries. Her Uncle Phil lives nearby and frequently helps the family. Veda hangs out with Thomas J. Sennett, an unpopular boy her age who is allergic to everything. Other girls tease the two, thinking they are more than just friends. Thomas J. often accompanies Veda when she visits the doctor, who assures her that she is not sick. He is quite nice to her, although she is often unkind in return. And he yeah. he meaning Thomas is quite nice to her, not yes. the doctor. <laughs> that's good. The I hate the way that's written. Well, the doctor's nice to her too. They put up with her shit, so over and over again. Yeah. Yeah. So um this opening, you know, I the mean, way this movie go ahead. I was just gonna say, you know, it's kinda funny because this is again back in the seventies, I guess it was like that back then. But I'm like, you know, you got your kid popping in here four times a week. I'm gonna start billing you. Yeah, you know, that's, that's funny. That's an because office. Because now they would try they would ask you to put your insurance on file and try and use it as your wellness visits probably. And right. you'd probably blow through them. She <laughs> blew through them in a week. <laughs> Done. I mean, there there was a time when people really cared about each other and it wasn't about making money off of them. I guess there well, was a time like, where the healthcare I mean, system a, yeah, was a little small more town. altruistic. 
small yes. town thing too here. It's like everybody knows each other. It's like, hey, you know, check out my daughter, please, because she's got a hangnail or she thinks yeah. she does. And you know, I'll you know it's crazy. You, I'll hook you up with a nice suit at your funeral. You say there this you is a small town. Uh, and it's in Pennsylvania, but they but they didn't film in Pennsylvania. It's like somewhere in Florida. That Victorian house was in Florida. Yeah, that's kind of crazy when you think about. I I couldn't envision that house being anywhere in Florida, but I guess there you go. <laughs> so, but well, no, yeah, because you know, like, but you have to say it's in Pennsylvania because if not, then you can't say it's in Florida because then Thomas J is going to get killed by a crocodile. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, baby crocodiles can't nibble you to death, I don't think. I I, I mean, I haven't seen that yet. No, just a Personally. regular crocodile. Oh, a okay. Big, a biggin. A big Just a biggin. Yeah. He get the Chubbs treatment. All right. <laughs> Come back without an arm. <laughs> oh exactly. man. Turn into a different type of movie. Part of my guy. Um, you know, this uh this movie's kind of weird how it opens up um and the way it, it goes through. It doesn't really, I mean, the movie doesn't really have a plot, does it? When you think about it, the plot is just, you know, there's a love story. There's their story being together, but there's no really driving plot. Nothing we're working towards that we know of. At the, at the time. Yes. But no, the whole plot is Veda basically coming to terms with death. Yeah. Well, with her, with her problems. That's correct. I mean, that's what it is. That's, that's the plot, (laughs) even though. Takes a while to really get there and nail that. Yeah, it does take a while. Uh, yeah, there. so there is a plot, <laughs> um, but you know, it's to each his own. Whether you agree with them having that plot or not, <laughs> a yeah. plot, not a, <laughs> well, not a, a plot. cemetery plot, but a plot in the movie we're talking. Yes, about. Yes, the cemetery plot. You know, that's funny. Uh, the they first thing just, we they could have named this movie that the plot, the plot. Uh, <laughs> The littlest plot. So many meanings. Yeah. The funny thing is how this movie opens up. One of the first things we see is her running a scam on those kids. To oh, yeah. show them the dead body. The little kid from the sandlot. You're full of shit. Love that. <laughs> you gotta love it. You gotta love it. And it, but you know, she uses Gramu, but I think that's kind of sad because Gramu is. You know, she's obviously has dementia or Alzheimer's or some sort of affliction where right. she doesn't know what's going on. It feels kind of sad that she would use her, you know, to make money. It's exploiting her in a way, I guess is what I'm saying. Well, here's the thing. I look at it this way. Grams obviously ain't bringing any money into the household. She's just there. So if she has a chance to do so, I say let her contribute. Yeah. For, you know. A buck and a half total for whatever, <laughs> whatever they got. Yeah. I wonder what they yeah. did like back in 72, whatever they got, like a buck or whatever. That's a lot of money. Oh, yeah. I bet they could get two Cokes, a hamburger. Uh, like they could have gone to somewhere and got some real shit done. You get like two Cokes, a hamburger and a ticket to a Limp Bizkit concert. Yeah. Today. <laughs> back then, even more. <laughs> it's like, right, there's a lot of money. Um, now today, buck fifty, I wouldn't buy you a, a thimble full of water any, anymore. It seems it depends it's, on the kind of water. Yeah, like Poland Spring. No, you're fucked. But you no, know, you no mineral water. Kroger brand you might get that. You can get a water. You can get a water. Could you have grown up in that house? Okay, here's the funny thing about that. Um, <laughs> when I was in uh, 
God, was it high school or I want to say it was even junior high. They had a career day and you could pick different things you wanted to go to. Like people yeah. would come in. One of the ones I did was funeral director. Yeah. So you wanted to be a funeral director. I just wanted to hear about it. Cause I'm like, I don't know what the hell, but I, I wanted to hear about it. And I was like, you know, this, this was probably like, this was in my horror movie phase and everything. So I was like, yeah, okay. You're oh, still in that, that phase, that, by the way. I, I'm still in that, but I'm saying back, back then. So I was like, I want to hear about it. And the one thing, um, the, the selling point the guy had was, you know, you get to live in a house free of charge and your suits are paid for. <laughs> I remember this. So I'm like, it's interesting. It's so like, you know, that's the, about, yeah. you know, you gotta get used to the smells, formaldehyde, things like that. And that's and, say, the, the somberness of your home at all times. I don't know, man. Um, well, no, see, I think the, the thing with this was, um, I mean, it's not like your house. A yeah. Funeral director. It's like you live at the funeral home, I think. Yeah. But you're, so, you know, yeah, I mean, but you got to get up and like you want to name it's on the mortgage, your breakfast morgue. You know how it says morgue edge. It's yeah. See, it's all in the name, people. Oh, it's, wow. it's, <laughs> it's all in the my name. Mind a little bit. Not going to lie. <laughs> so anyways, uh, you know, this beginning, we see a lot of things happen. This is where, well, he, when he's receiving those coffins, they, they show the small coffin and she's like, is that for a kid? And so he's like, no, but they need, they come in all sizes They're for very different tiny people. Yeah. Yeah. But, but that we, you know, that was the foreshadowing. Unfortunately, that was going to, things were going to happen. That's sad. I mean, it's sad. I don't want to talk about it yet. Okay. We're not going there yet. Oh man. Okay. Pussy with us. Now, um, another thing, it's another thing. They meet Jamie Lee Curtis and she shows up in this. Do you find it weird? I mean, I don't know. Maybe in 1972, this was normal. Like to just show up somewhere and say, Hey, I get the job. Like, that's really much what she does. She doesn't, like, interview, doesn't show her skills, just says, hey, I'm here. Give me the job. I got to say, I think uh, the whole interaction and interview, if you want to call it that, was weird in the first place. Because first, uh, I will say, um, Harry, shame on him. For what? For the ad he posted. It just said, makeup artist. And that's it. So Harry already is like, you know what? This is like the people that put the ads in the fucking paper and they want you to sell vacuums, but they don't actually fucking say they want you to sell vacuums. They like, oh yeah, sports minded individuals wanted for a job that doesn't suck. Yes, exactly. (laughs) So you know that's on him. But I also wonder, like, what because he didn't really like. He immediately was like, um, you do know what this is for, right? It's like he never asked her anything and just assumed no. Because she wasn't, you know, 79 years old with a carrying a caboodle makeup. <laughs> a caboodle. It's like, yeah, you're. Now they had, they, they didn't have caboodles in, I don't think. I think they might have. I think those I don't go know. back. 72, man. Think. I don't know. Give me but, a caboodle. No, it's just weird. It's like, well, you didn't ask her anything. Like, why did you just assume that she doesn't know what this job is for? Yeah. I, yeah, yeah. I don't mind. Um, I mean, I guess they moved along because if they if they spend too much time on that, I guess it would pull away from the rest of the movie. But it just seemed rather like, okay, is this, you know, is this job still open? Yeah, okay, you can do it. You know, that's like, I don't know. Now you'd be a lot. Uh, actually, you know, that's a funny thing. When you look at this and then you look at how you get a job today, now you apply into an email or a web portal and it goes into the yeah. ether and you may never hear again. 
about <laughs> it's so fucking weird. And in this case, you just show up in your RV and like, hey. Yeah. Now, it doesn't hurt that she's kind of a fox, right? I like, know. Yeah. Well, you know what I'm saying. I'm yeah, trying to be right. nice. You know, Jamie Lee Kerr's pretty hot. Yes, pretty hot. So it doesn't hurt that she shows up. I mean, she does true lies after this, doesn't she? When she does yeah. that dance and all that. Yeah. 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 So she's pretty rocking around this time. So definitely. But not yeah, I mean, it doesn't hurt that she's hot. I mean, and Harry's not. But Harry. But he's he not looking at problem. her like that, though. No, he's not. Because again, this he, uh, like he is just focused on dead people and what he's doing. So he's not even looking at it that way. That's correct. That's but he correct. is more just like, you're really good looking. You sure you want to work here? <laughs> yeah. You don't fit. Yeah. You don't fit the profile. Yes. Now, Veda, another thing we've learned in this section, because uh, this, this covers a lot of ground, by the way, is that she loves, she talks to Thomas J. And we learn that she wants to uh, be with Mr. Uh, Beckler. What's his name? The teacher. Damn it. Yes. I forget his name. Yeah. Bixler, Mr. Bixler. Mr. She wants Bixler. to be with Mr. Bixler. I just call him um, uh, Uncle Nicky. And because of this, she wants to do the class. The writing that's, class. Yeah. And this is where we learn from um, her father um, a list of her failed interests while he's watching TV. But before we get to that, yes. that's why I want to get my six pack because he's watching TV and yeah. it's very funny what happens on that television. So yes. Yes. Okay, my six-pack is all in the family, and Archie Bunker on there, and Archie Bunker calling Walter Cronkite a communist is like, it is so 2020, and it didn't know it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or 2022, even. Like, that's so fucking awesome. Oh, that, Archie that, Bunker. That's like, if Archie Bunker were alive today, he would be calling a certain segment of the media communist right now. Yeah, <laughs> and, and so I'm just saying that's hilarious, and that's why it's my six pack on there. Oh, if Archie Bunker was alive today, he's been canceled so many times. It's not even funny. He's probably a part of that uh, thing on January sixth. <laughs> he's probably somehow involved. Oh no, I think Archie Bunker <laughs> is part of the Illuminati. He's something. He's something. I'm sure, at this point, I'm sure he's something. He's but so now. Alive. He's still alive. He was reanimated. He is part of the Illuminati. Now, I do want to get on her here. He lists a lot of her failed interests, you know, like um, magician. Well, she said magician and a couple other things. Yeah. But it seems and it sounds like to me that he had must have indulged her on a lot of these interests because that's why he wouldn't give the money on this one. He said, let's wait till next year. Like, it seems he may have already been like, you know, I've done a lot. I've given into you all these other uh, times. This time I'm not now, doing it. Hold on. And this is my thing I was going to say about him. You've already seen Harry's social skills and parenting skills make him a completely perfect fit to work with dead people. Cause he <laughs> like that. Yeah. That's his speed right there. That's his speed is interact with <laughs> now. Like, you know, yes, she tried. She's a little fucking kid. Your kids, you, 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 some, you, a lot of times you got to force them to try shit and find out what they like. Back in they the wanted, day, we did, people didn't do that. People didn't indulge stuff, their kids like you that. You let them try stuff. Not back in 1972, when, especially in the 80s when I was a kid, they didn't give me the, let me indulge in things I wanted to do like, like she, like she does. 
we don't know how much she indulged. There's like a two or three things he mentioned that it sounds like she changes her mind a lot, and he he is definitely right. Put some but money out again, magician. Okay, I can understand that, but she wants to be a writer. Like that's a solid, legit thing to be interested in. Like as a parent, that should be like okay. That's something I could understand and get behind. Let you try that. Yeah, out. yeah. So fail, well, Gary. Fail. Uh, I don't know. I don't think he's a fail. I think he may see. That's where I think you and I differ. I think he may have been a non-failure many times, and this time he didn't fail her. He just kicked, I he punted on it. He punted on it. That's I disagree. All. We've already seen enough of Harry to know that he really isn't that involved with Veda's life and doesn't pay that much attention. And even I, the conversation she's having, he's watching Archie Bunker make his racist this, jokes and shit. As you go Not on this movie. Attention. He's like, hey, servant, is there any more soda? Hey, I'd Harry like is soda just, in my glass. Harry has just has many as has just as many issues as Veda does in a different way. And they both grow throughout the movie. And I think he cares for her deeply. He just has those oh, other yeah. issues that he hasn't gotten through. And that's why he has indulged her. And you're looking at it as he, a flaw. I'm looking at it as yeah, well, it's something a parenting to fix. Flaw. It's a parenting flaw, though. Uh, well, whatever. Right, Are you ready lot, for this next section? There's a section? lot going on there. Okay. We'll continue this later. You go ahead. We'll, we'll continue. All right. So Veda's summer begins well. She befriends Shelly DeVoto, the new makeup artist at the funeral parlor, who provides her with some much-needed guidance. She also develops a crush on Mr. Bixler, her fifth grade school teacher, and hears about an adult poetry writing class he is teaching. Wondering how to pay for the class, Veda schemes after seeing enough money in a cookie jar in Shelly's camper for a rainy day. During her first (laughs) class, when advised to write about what is in her soul, Veda fears that she killed her mother, who died two days after giving birth to her. That's some heavy shit. Now, I will give a fun fact here. <laughs> uh, Tom Villard, the hippie, flesh all a mesh bitch's boyfriend, was also the main guy, the killer in the 1991 horror movie Popcorn, one of my faves, where he wore other people's faces. And he was in One Crazy Summer as one of the Stork Brothers. Which you didn't Good know I added to your Matt. note. Yeah, good job. He was Bobcat Goldway's brother. You know, he played the other stork brother. When they <laughs> way he to just fucking ruin my fun fact. <laughs> <laughs> Added to it. I doubled it up, man. I doubled uh, up your fact. Fucking <laughs> popcorn. Okay, this is like flesh all a mesh on your face. That's funny. That's funny. Flesh all a mesh. Yeah. Oh, let me just how cringe worthy is it to watch that? Girl, read that poem. That oh, is the so... witch, the one doing the flesh, all yes. the mesh. That is so uncomfortable to watch. And how many of those guys act like they're into it cause, just because they want to sleep with her? So bad. It's so uncomfortable. <laughs> it's so bad. It's so bad. Oh man. Oh, oh I wake up and like <laughs> a joint. Um, Beta now, earplugs. Beta earplugs. Now, this section, um, we learn a lot of things, of course, but there's a few things we see. Um, and one of the things I want to talk about is when um, Veda's ball goes down in the basement. Uh, right. She gets stuck down there, and she kind of throws a strange tantrum. Um, I don't think it's strange at all. 
you don't think that that's she's scared to see dead people. She didn't see any dead people. There are no dead people there. She ran to the top of the steps. See dead people. That's why she didn't want to go all the way down there. We talking about she has prostate cancer. <laughs> I'm just fucking with you. <laughs> sorry, I'm sorry. She's if she scared. saw them, she'd want to be whatever they it, are. It's why she went down to give her dad her, his cigarettes. Which again, hey, great plug there. Yeah, it's true. She director did. smoking cigarettes. Um, <laughs> well, that's not like those people are going to die from secondhand but, smoke. <laughs> no, she goes down and she won't look around the thing because she doesn't want to yeah. see the dead people. So we already know that's this. True. She has an issue with that. I think his assistant, the the guy that works with him, yeah, was very nice to her and would sing songs with her and talk oh, to her yeah. about things. Awesome. He seemed very engaging. So to me, that's that's not a bad thing. Another thing I was going to say is that her uncle uh, that it talks about who comes around. He seems to fill in some of the void for for Harry. Like before like in the last section before they went in the camper, the uncle was doing the the jump rope. Yeah. Which is fucking ridiculous. Yes. <laughs> and he looked like he's going to die and he was thankful that that fucking camper pulled up and they all went, wanted to go in and take a look at it. Yeah. So, but I think he fills that void of fun in trying to connect with the kids. And oh. I think he sees that Harry has that problem and has had it for a long time. I think that's what that is. Oh, he fills in a lot. He fills Harry in on women's lib. Oh, and, well. You know. He, oh, he fills Harry in on some shit. I'm talking yeah. fills in the void of yes, I know. A fun father, you know. The fun uncle. The funkle. He's a funkle. Yeah, that's the funkle, man. He is. He is. But he's a good guy. He's a good guy on there. Not oh, only. I have a couple questions in here. Okay. okay, I have some things that I want to go over here. All right. So, a few things, a few questions. Um, we've already talked about flesh all a mesh. It's awful. Yes. Um, and although I, uh, your your guy, I love how though it's all about desire. Not desire. <laughs> like flesh he found mesh, deep rocky meaning. road. It's about <laughs> desire. <laughs> yeah, but I will say when they when they were talking about those poems and they and they tell her to talk about what her deepest feelings are she gets heavy real quick with the killing the mother thing like like it gets so it take it sucks the air out of that room so fast that you know she it's hard it, it didn't suck the air out of that room she didn't say it out loud that was an inner monologue i well yeah i mean out of the scene like you're okay. you feel it you feel those heavy remarks and it's like oh like you're no longer engaged anymore with the flesh all a mesh i will say that now a couple things uh, first thing I want to say is I never understood crushes on much older people, person like a teacher. Did you have a crush on a teacher? On a teacher? Um, yeah, I'm sure I did. Like a like a much older lady? Not much older. I don't know. Well, you're an no. underage person and they're adults. Well, I remember I did have one hot teacher in junior high or was it, is he or junior high or early in high school? Yeah. And she had to be probably like in her 20s. Yeah. So she wasn't, you know, much older, like an old school marm. <laughs> yeah, the old school uh, marm. Yeah. Which is funny because I have a line of oh, yeah. here. But I, so I will say yes, but also at the same time, no. Because like I never had like a an actual like full on crush on a teacher. We're like, yeah, you know what I mean? Like that, like an actual crush. Oh like yeah, I, like where yeah, you would I, act on it like she like would. You were like, oh yeah, so not like Veda had here. No, I've had a couple teachers I remember growing up that were attractive, 
Oh but yeah. Not like that. I would say I had a crush on. I was going to say, I, I don't know. Like, it's weird to have a crush on your teacher, I guess, because maybe I was not of that persuasion that it's okay yeah. to bang a teacher, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> That's pretty good. Pretty good you persuasion. Know, but I will yeah. say that it feels like it's a trope with girls more often than guys in these movies, though. It's always the girl swooning over the much older teacher. We did it. It happened in summer school. It happened in other movies. Yeah, but I can show you plenty of movies where it's the other way around. That's, yeah. Well, I know. Yeah, yeah. There's I know there are movies. There's a whole goddamn Van Halen video about it, for crying out loud. Oh, I'm hot for teacher? Yeah. Got it, bad. Got it, bad. <laughs> yes. All right. And then I have hey, one Davis, more thing. Did you go prompt me? So, yeah, it happens. You mentioned, you mentioned the, the old school marm, though. Yes. Um, I do love when Harry does look at her work. He says she looks like a $2 hooker. Yeah. <laughs> fix it. Let's, let's fix it. So, you know, he's not afraid of constructive criticism. Um, I didn't think he was an asshole there. But here's the thing. She has that camper. Yeah. If you could take her camper anywhere, where would you go? Is she in it? Just kidding. Uh, <laughs> Graceland. 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 You go to Graceland? I've still never been. It's on my bucket list. I mean, it's not that far away. Maybe we should do a long weekend. It's on my bucket list. We should do that. That's like the one place I haven't been that I want to go. What are you doing in July? Um, we could do this. Finishing moving. I was going to say July 15th, 16th, and 17th. I have those three days off. If you can get them off, I'll ask my uh, daughter if she wants to go yeah, to Graceland. Dude, I'll still be unpacking. I don't want to hear that bullshit. We're going well, to Graceland. Well, I'm, I guess I won't move back. How about that? No, no, no. You'll be moved back. <laughs> it's just you'll take a few days off to go see, yeah, no. see Graceland. No, I, we're, going, we're going to Disney shortly after that. I'm not going to Graceland with that thing. Although, I think I might uh, I might go do a tour of American like landmarks. Like, go to like, Rushmore or Yellowstone. Yeah. If if you want to get into something like that, I will tell you, not landmarks per se. The other thing I had always wanted to do was if I was ever going to like take a cross-country trip or something like that. Yeah. I want to go hit up all of these food places that you see, like diners, drive-ins, and dives, and just yeah. any other, all the food TV shows, like all these places you see yeah. that are on there. I'm like, that's something that would be cool. It's like, go check all that out and just eat. I do that when we go to uh, uh, eat and shit in that camper. Like when we went to Gatlinburg the one time on the way back, I we stopped at this is with my wife and daughter only. We stopped at a place that was on diners, drive-ins and dives in in Kentucky. I did that when my daughter and I went to Niagara Falls. We stopped at a place outside of Cleveland, a pizza place called Jurassic's. Yeah, we stopped there. Um, We try to Puerto Sagua. In Miami was mm-hmm. on diners, drive-ins, and dives. We yeah. try to when we go places, but right. I doubt you know you could hit them all because it's a lot of shit in Flavor Town. So if I could do that and hit Graceland in the middle there somewhere, that'd be cool. Yeah, definitely. Now I want to talk about. We haven't talked enough about Thomas J. Um, throughout the, but the thing is, is that the funny thing about Thomas J. in in this movie earlier on specifically is he's there, but. He don't, they don't really say a lot. They're just little interactions. Right. Earlier on in the movie, 
and you know he like he asked how did the doctor say and oh you know he's they're they're all quacks you know things like that but thomas j is uh you can see the chemistry even in those little interactions i just wanted to bring it up because we hadn't said anything about it because you can tell he's a good friend but yeah he's like he's there for her yeah but not like you know an overbearing dickhead friend wink wink Um, yeah yeah but no, he's yeah. like there for her. And again, this movie was made before Home Alone broke the stratosphere. So I feel like, honestly, I wonder had Home Alone happened during. No, more, Home Alone more, happened before this movie. I know, but much more before that, would they have redone a lot of this movie? Would he have been more prominent? Right. They, when they or rewrote they it, because they added scenes. What? Time out, guys. Veda. McCauley, hey, you guys switch places. He's the star of the show now. He's dealing with death. Veda, you're getting the bees. There, we're changing the thing. But it would be really hard later on in the movie when he gets his first period. But anyways. No. <laughs> so, no, so, but they could have done something else. They could have done something. I get it. Guess but, what? Hey, he, he could have still, hey. Uh, <laughs> something's leaking. You had your first wet dream. I don't know. <laughs> anyways. But no, the thing is, is when they first did this, when they first started doing this, the script had less scenes with him in it. So they added more to boost it up with him. But because of the chemistry more than anything. So it was supposed to be uh, right. Klumsky's vehicle. When Harry and Shelley start dating, Veda's attitude towards Shelley changes. One night, Veda follows Harry and Shelley to a bingo game and brings Thomas J. along to disrupt it. On the 4th of July, when Shelley's ex-husband Danny shows up, Veda hopes that he will take Shelley back but to no avail. Right. Yes. So there's a lot going on in there. Yeah, there is. And I have so many notes. (laughs) (laughs) It's a very small summary of like the whole 20 minutes of movie that happened there. But yeah, I got to do a back-to-back six pack. You're going to do some back-to-back six pack. And okay, here we go. Are you ready? Ready. Uh, First beta. Bingo. There's no better way to piss off the elderly than to call a fake bingo at a bingo game. <laughs> That's funny, because I told my wife, we were watching, what's one way to make a room full of senior citizens say, oh shit, at the same time? Yeah, <laughs> that is it. And then the two old guys start getting into it. I'm like, oh, oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's oh. from outside. I'll kick your ass. <laughs> I'm like, I want to see like a hockey move, pull a sweater over his head and just go to town. If it were um, an Adam Sandler movie, that would have happened. Exactly. So... <laughs> Let me just follow this up with my second six pack. Okay. Which again, your summary, obviously we kind of, yeah, don't worry. Just do it. Just do your thing. The supermarket scene before the cookout in front of Shelly, when she's like, yes, did you say you needed prunes real bad? (laughs) And then she's just just fucking grabbing cans off the shelf and slamming them in the cart. You said, take whatever you want, put it in the cart. It's just, and she's not even looking she's just grabbing she's just fucking cream corn boom green (laughs) beans boom diced tomatoes boom little (laughs) essence bam oh yes yes i just love that scene you know what i'm gonna but what i like about this section is when they go fishing and they catch the fish yeah and how they work as a team and how it shows their relationship everything and one of my six pack is here because it really shows their relationship in my opinion and that is 
when she says, is the fish okay? Can you check? And Thomas J. looks and he sees the fish has died. Yeah. But he spares her feelings about it and says, yeah, it's fine. He understands her so well and loves her so much, cares for her, that he can't bring himself to to do that. Like a lesser person would make her feel worse yeah. and, and shit on her about it. But he doesn't do that. And that's why I love that. And this also comes down to another part of this. And you were fucking right. I so I'm going to hit it. Me. I knew you were going to call it. Yeah. You go ahead. All right. For my first, before this real quick, I do have to say, um, it just, it's a random story, but as far as the fishing thing and the dead fish, yeah, I've been fishing like five times in my life, be it one time on a boat, a couple other times, just, you know, at a Creek or river, whatever. The first time I ever went fishing, my dad took me and we didn't catch anything, but like, as we were almost done, up at the end, edge of the water was a dead catfish just floating there. So I hooked yeah. it. I hooked it. With <laughs> just to say I caught a fish. <laughs> You're fucking so pathetic. The dead fish. Like, <laughs> remind me. I'm like, I caught a fish. <laughs> oh, you're so fucking pathetic. No counts. Fuck you, asshole. Didn't catch fish. I was like, oh, I can get that one. It's right there. Um, so, <laughs> so it's like, work, work, hey, work smarter. That's what I'm saying. Anyway, um, so I'm going to tell you. You're generic. This, this is my generic, even though my I would have another generic. So I'm going to just say that. But I know this has to be. There's no later, other way. Later will be another generic. Okay. I'm not going to call it my generic, though. I'm just saying. Okay. This is my generic. The Blood Brothers thing. Literally, okay, the Blood Brothers whole thing, whatever, and I get as a kid, you did that kind of shit, but doing it after you just handled a fucking dead fish, hardly <laughs> sanitary. I thought it was the blood going into the other person's blood and like touching each other's sores. It was that after you just handled a dead fish, because the blood stuff, it's like I get as a kid, you did that shit. Okay. But you just touched dead fish. God knows what's <laughs> on it. Now it's in each other's bloodstream. Way to Who go. The fuck knows what's like, going on? You're not going to turn into Aquaman. I'm just going to tell you. <laughs> you're going you to you're gonna turn into something that's going to go in one of your dad's caskets. Oh, yeah. It goes bad. Oh, that's sad so, that you just said that. I wonder if Macaulay Culkin died of bee stings or fish disease at this point. <laughs> yeah, that's awful. <laughs> we can't really tell. He was stung a lot, but there's also some weird fish bacteria in him. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think he died of carpal tunnel. Ah, oh, oh, carp. Oh, uh, 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 oh. hey, you're so oh, funny. Salmonella. Sam- <laughs> oh, man. I'm you're done. really, you're really pouring out thick here. The dad jokes right. are just coming left and right. Yeah, the dad jokes are strong with this one. Now, before they go on that bingo date we talked about earlier, Shelly, she really was trying to get him to do the movie thing. And, you yeah. know, like she really was hitting him with that. She was. And, and, and at the oblivious. end, yeah. And he's like, bingo date, which is funny because when they get back and all of a sudden, you know, they get, you know, a little more intimate. He's then like, fuck bowling. Let's do the thing you want to do. That's a, so it's really funny how, how he changes after. I mean, I guess, like we said, he, he's working through his own set of problems. Right. And I think that, 
that was part of it is, you know, he hadn't been intimate with somebody in what, but, you know, 10 years. She, I mean, <clears throat> she went from drive-in to camper. She's like, I might get you in a vehicle tonight. I don't care how. <laughs> yeah, I'll get you somewhere. When uh, Veda, when she helps Veda with her makeup, um, do you think that she gave some bad advice on that blue eyeshadow bullshit? I am going to say right now, I don't think I could ever judge anyone's fashion or makeup acumen from the 70s. I can't. You can't. It was, all, it was not good. The wider the pants, the cooler the person. Isn't that how the bell bottoms work? No, the wider <laughs> the pants, the sluttier the girl. I think it was. Mm. You know, my problem with the 70s. Flesh all a mesh. Is that when they wore those jeans so tight and it looks like they're packing a sock in their crotch. Yeah, the camel toe. Or moose knuckle. That's the biggest problem with 70s jeans. They they were guaranteed moose knucklers. That's yeah. that's the problem. I I just I, I just can't can't enjoy that at all. <laughs> oh man. Oh man. So let's see here. What else do I have here? So you did make a comment or a note about the brothers. About oh yeah, brothers. those two guys. They they um you mean Harry and uh um Richard Major, I forget yes, the name of the brothers. Yes. But they but yes, they were good bro they felt real. They felt real. I feel like they are almost like kindred spirits to stepbrothers. But real brothers. No, I meant the movie stepbrothers. <laughs> uh, yeah, I know, like, I know, I know. Though. They kind of have each other's back. His but, brother is really cool, and I kind of like his... He's not too heavy in the movie, but he carries a lot of weight, in my opinion, with the comments he makes. Oh, yeah. Don't open the uh, doors. One of the things he does is is when the 4th of July thing's going on and Shelly's exes come up, and he's like, I'm taking my camper. I have a six-pack on this. I'm going to hit it. All right. And Dan Aykroyd handles it. When he punches the guy in the stomach... And then what did the guy say? Who are you? He's like, I'm his brother. He's like, oh, then you're going to be visiting often because we're going <laughs> to yeah. bury him in the fucking front yard if you ever come back type of shit. That's right. That was badass. And then his brother, I love it when he tells Veda, your dad is a savage. <laughs> your dad is a savage. Good word. Good word for that particular moment. I like yeah. that. That was one of Absolutely. my favorite things. Absolutely. Yeah. Now, there is some BS that happens here and all this. I didn't go back, go into, so I'm going to go back a little bit. All right. Um, when she goes back to the class and they're doing all that meditation bullshit, feel the aura yeah. of the other person. Feel it. Oh. Ooh. I mean, I just. Now, was that shit? So this thing, this is 1972. Was that kind of stuff going on in the 70s still, or are those two just holdovers from the 60s? It was still going on. That was like right. the Summer of Love, you got to remember, was 69. So this still was, you know, the hippies uh, no. trail summer, off around the mid. Summer loving wasn't until 78. No. Had me a blast. Oh, uh, you. Maybe for you. <laughs> summer loving. I know, but the summer of, I know what you're doing. You're greasing it up. All right. But, but I'm telling you, the summer of love, the summer was, of love, summer loving, and then when was summer of Sam again? Well, that was somewhere around the same time, seventy something. Okay, just there was a lot of summers going on. <laughs> so, but no, they, but the when the Vietnam War ended, it kind of that's when the hippies started trailing off. It was like a a stop, a hard stop. It felt like, and all of a yeah. sudden we transitioned into that disco bullshit. Eagles listening to hat part. I hate Eagles. But 
<laughs> just like we transitioned to a whole bullshit ending in the 70s. So, but no, I mean, they were doing all that aura thing. And I always say they, they're making it up. They're trying to in, in push in meaning and feeling into something that it's really not there. Like feel yeah. my aura. And it's like that mania where people go, oh, I feel something. It's like the Ouija board. It's, it, it's not real. It doesn't like spell shit. Yeah. No it's one like levitates. Do what was that? Said. It's like Heaven's Gate. Oh, heavens! Well, that's the fucking weirdos. Those were those those people are feel what I want you to feel. They're they're right now. Those people are right now on a spaceship, right behind the comet Hale Bop, flying. You know. Oh yeah. <laughs> now I have a Kool Aid. A fact. You got a are fact? You ready? Wait, where's your fact? Because I want to go to uh, something you didn't mention yet, and I want you to mention it. Oh, go ahead. Say something about Jamie Lee Curtis. What about it? Go ahead. You have a note there. What did I have it? Oh, she's a hottie. And what did I I don't remember. No way he pulls that. What did I say? That's what you said. I don't remember why I said that. <laughs> saying no way Dan Aykroyd pulls. Oh, that. no way. Yeah, no way he pulls that. There's no way. I am <laughs> shutting you down right now for that. Dan Aykroyd. And you goddamn well know why. Why? Because I made the same fucking argument about when Harry met Sally. Oh, well, Dan Aykroyd. I Ackroyd's, already said this. Dan Aykroyd's not as good as uh, Billy Crystal. Shut the fuck up. I and Jamie same, Lee Curtis is I like. I made the same goddamn argument about about um, Billy Crystal. <laughs> but Billy Nathan Crystal Ryan. is not a, a mort- mortician with a daughter and has all this baggage. You know, so there is some reasons he wouldn't anyways. Hey, guess what? What about baggage? Are you kidding me? Jamie Lee Curtis lives in a van down by the river. She's got baggage, obviously. <laughs> Everybody's got baggage, okay? But she has, but she's a free spirit, you know? <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. All right. But I got she this. Might not, hey, she might not be that free. We don't know where that cookie jar money came from. She might not be that free. <laughs> Are you saying that this is the I same thing? I don't character? know. I'm just, okay. I can't comment. Or Are you saying the same that. universe? These two people exist. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't and know. He's talking about trading spaces, folks, but it'd be the same, same universe. Don't All right. I, I got a fact. Uh, Veda and Thomas J mix their blood together from cuts. They each have, which to them makes them blood brothers because of this unsanitary practice. The British board of film classification forced the film to have a warning against these types of rituals to prevent the spread of HIV. So you can't show that shit on the TV without having to put in, at least in England or UK without having to have a warning. So there you go. You know, it's kind of funny though, because we've had movies come out in the last two years where people are kissing. Should they not have that same disclaimer about spreading COVID? Well, you know, that shit's shit could change. You just never know. You just never know. Um, For sure. For sure, definitely. So following the holiday, when Harry threatened to dump some motherfucker in the ground and another doctor visit, Veda and Thomas J spot a beehive in the woods, which Thomas J knocks down. Not smart. Veda loses her mood ring in the process, and while the two look for it, the bees swarm and force them to run away, jumping off into the water for safety. Shortly afterwards, Harry invites Veda to a carnival but she is unenthusiastic to go when she announces when he announces Shelly is also coming. Veda becomes distressed when the two announce their engagement there, leading her to contemplate dun, 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 running away. 
<laughs> yes. Yes. Every kid's done it or faked it. You know, what's something we haven't mentioned yet is Veda has all these illnesses and goes to the doctor. And the one hallmark of all these illnesses, it's always something that the person her father is working on died of. It's right, a, right. A chicken bone stuck in her throat, this whole thing, supposedly. That that one's a running one. That's one that she says the whole movie. Yes. But then there's the prostate cancer and then the yeah, just yeah. you name it. The hemorrhoid. Hem- yeah, yeah. I mean, she's she's carrying them all. Uh, because she doesn't process things properly, obviously. That's that's. But what I love is when she's in the doctor this last time, um, and Thomas J is out there, and the one girl is showing him how to use the syringes as yeah, water gun. pistols or whatever. Yeah. He is so insightful when he asks, "Do you think she's sick?" And he basically breaks it down how she basically becomes all those people. Like he says it exactly as it is. And he's just basically, I'm just supporting her type of guy. Like, I understand that she isn't really this, but she needs me. And that's Mm -hmm. how it is. And that's, and that's a beautiful thing. He's a good friend. Yeah, he is. He is. This is where we get the bees. How do you feel about the bees? How does anybody (laughs) feel about it? I mean, would you, I mean, when I was a kid, I never was like, damn, look at that beehive. Let's go fuck with it. Yeah. No, no. <laughs> I mean, I mean, he's curious. He's a curious one. He's like, he's yeah, like uh, always see, you know what though? I remember as a kid, I'm sure I did fuck with a beehive here and there. Throw yeah. stuff at it, you know, but they also oh, well, yeah. thought, they also thought it was, uh, dormant dormant. So, yeah. And that's partly why I will tell you, I remember, um, um, the previous house we lived in, we had a whole house generator. I don't know if you remember that out, out back. Yeah. Um, the Generac. So yeah, I, know. I had to go service it and shit. Yeah. Open the side panel. <laughs> Motherfucker, if there's in a wasp's nest right in there. That was like, holy shit. So <laughs> what'd you do? I, I fucking closed that fucker. Got a big can of wasp spray. Opened it up quick and just doused it and slammed it shut and ran inside and waited for them all to die. Well, that's smart. And you they know. did. Drop they a bomb did. and wait. <laughs> and wait. That's what I did. I dropped the nuke on those bastards. Oh, man. Yeah, they should have messed with those bees um, no, at don't all. Ever. But Thomas J, though, you it, know, he, he just. Wildlife, leave it alone. If it's not bugging you, don't bug it. But uh, one of the things I do enjoy about this section is the carnival and. How it's to me, it's so strange how Veda's attitude changed to Shelly. Like she is full tilt against her now. Like, like she can't, I just don't understand it. Yeah. What do you mean? It's because she knows like that's her hoarding in on her mom's space, but she never had her mother. Like I can't see Veda's on her period. Not yet. Not yet. That's the next. Not yet. No, that's not till the next one. We we'll, okay. we'll get to that. I Sorry. have to read that one. I feel like, uh, you know, it's she's not there yet. Although it's pretty, well, it's hitting pretty the wasp, hitting a wasp nest. I'm like already in period mode there. Like, <laughs> don't fuck with it. <laughs> You're <laughs> now. That's not now. Not all I mean, uh, women they, have were that. Were they putting that in as a metaphor? I don't know. I wonder. <laughs> don't mess with the wasp nest. Don't Just poke leave the, it. No, leave no it but. But I, 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 when we get to that section, I do have something I have to say. Oh, God. I don't even want to know. 
No, it's not a bad thing. Now, but I do want to say what I love is when they're looking at the rides and Veda finally decides, I want to do the bumper cars. And when they oh, get yeah. on those bumper cars, the oh, face shit. she shows Shelly, the hate face, is classic. It's like, that, that like, was, I'm coming after you. Straight up Darth Veda Sultan Fuss right there. Darth Veda, Dude, Darth Veda Sultan Fuss. fucking around. Now that's a t-shirt right there. Darth Hold Veda Sultan Fuss. Yes. That's that would be a good one. Oh, <laughs> uh, now later on though, she contemplates running away. How many kids do you think contemplate when they're younger running away and, and take you know, but never take themselves seriously? Every like single she's talk- kid. Every yeah. single kid. Yeah, yeah. You get pissed off because you had to eat. I something. hate you, you mom and dad. You I fucking never you didn't want back. to at dinner. Or yeah, you won't let me stay out with my friends past dinner time. I can't watch yeah. the shows I want to watch. I know it's only nine thirty, like that kind of shit. Yeah, yeah. yeah right you think, <laughs> I personally, you know, she's like, I'm going to run away with the Brady Bunch, and she's talking to Thomas J, and she says, "Well, you have to live with the Partridge Family." And I'm thinking, I'd rather live with them. They have a nice, colorful bus. They sing songs. I mean, you know, and you got the one guy there, Cassidy. Is that his name, David Cassidy? Yeah. I mean, he probably can pull in some good chicks, so you can get the roll off. So, I mean, I'm just saying, you know, it, it wouldn't be so bad rolling yeah. in that bus. I mean, you know, it could, you know, I can, I can be a backup singer when I think I love you. I think I love you. Wow. <laughs> I'm saying, but if you could choose any sitcom family ever, which one do you live with? What's, what's um, the one you want to live with? Here's the question I have in that scenario. Yeah. Am I, like a part of this show and a part of this family, or am I just living with them? You, you're technically, if it just pretend they're real, a real family in real life, and you're going to be living with them. Ooh, that's what I'm saying, though. Am I like Cody from Step by Step, and I'm just the cousin out in the van, or am I actually? You're a, a member of the a family. member of the family because that's different. Because if I'm a member of the family, then I can't be picking shows where I thought they had the hottest daughters on there oh no no okay 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 no you're, you're the one just, talking about roll off so you're you're the guy from oc you're adopted i'm adopted okay well again. you're like the oc kid you know he he, he started living with them and see this is tough I was <laughs> so probably first one of my first would be step by step because the two daughters at what year at what do you mean at what year step by step what is step by step step by step suzanne summers Patrick oh. Duffy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Remember okay. the daughters? Okay. Yeah. So, um, because like, again, if we're just talking about, you know, who's got the cutest girls, you know, yeah. if I'm, if I'm at that age where I'm a horny yeah. kid, um, but as far as like, you know, just, um, what family? Yes. If I was going to be part of the family. Yes. Oh, uh, see, that's tough too. Cause like, I mean, I might just go silver spoons cause they were fucking rich. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 <laughs> you know? True. You know what? Uh, my wife and I, I just, she had never seen this before. She had never seen my two dads. Really? Never. Wow. And I, so I showed her the first episode and everything. I think that would be a cool cup, cool cu- couple dudes to live with. Cause they're kind of cool. And they had a hot daughter, you know, yeah. situation going the on there. The same daughter who was on step by step. So there we go. You and there I we go. All right. <laughs> you can live with her on that one. Yep. I can live with her on this um, one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know. You know, it's really hard though. That I, it's, that question is like tough because I mean, you've got, I mean, ah, shit. What about the golden girls? 
No. Fucking cheesecake every night? Well, but not, no. No. Cheesecake every night and every grandma you could ever imagine. No, that's Help not. Raise that, that's not where I'm going. Or, or the uh, Bel Air, like Fresh Prince of Bel Air. I was going to say that earlier, but I can't. Will Smith, done right now. Yeah, he can't might slap it. you. Can't do it. I can't. Get, get my family out of your mouth. Exactly. <laughs> that's what that is. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. No, I, 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 I feel like I'd blow up on him at that point if I was on that show. Modern Family would be Who pretty cool, too. What you think? You are not my role model. Modern Family would be good, too. That one, that yeah. show, that would be a fun family to be a part of. So. Full House. There's a lot, man. There's a lot. Um, what was the one where the guy drew the... Um... Blossom. Blossom. That would be a fun one. Yeah, yeah, That'd yeah. Be a fun family. What was the one that had Jim J. Bullock on it and the guy who drew the cartoon... Damn it. Uh, that's that would be fun too. And they lived in that house in San Francisco. I forget the name of it. Either way, it'd have been cool. I'd have liked it. Who's the know. boss? No, who's the boss? I would nice never house be in on. Connecticut. No, it was Jim J. Bullock. I forget. The, you I should want, know want Alyssa Milano living with you. Uh, well, you know, um, yeah, Tony Danza, who's a borderline professional chef on there. But isn't he kind of weird now? Not, I'm talking about back then though. Yeah, I mean, but he, I thought he was kind of weird, like, like not cool at all. Oh, too close for comfort. That's what it was. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Too close for comfort. That's the, that's the one. And I, I like, that would have been a cool house to live in. I remember that show. <laughs> yeah. See, and it's the thing you got to think about, like, what are you going for? The family. Stability, Interesting. The cool house. Like, there's a lot of factors in that interesting situation would be cool. So like perfect strangers would be another weird one. So <laughs> yeah, I'll go throw Mork and Mindy in there too. Then I guess. Oh, Nanu Nanu. Yeah. That'd be awesome. I'd live with that dude. You're right. That's who I live with. Why wouldn't you, I? I get that? That, I get that's the, it. Yeah. That's it. All right. Are we ready? I, yeah, we better be at this point. <laughs> Later. Veda screams when she discovers she is hemorrhaging with Harry, not around Shelly politely explains to Veda that she's experiencing her first period as Veda accepts this happens only to girls. She is unwilling to see Thomas J who happens to come by shortly afterward. A couple of days later, Veda and Thomas J sit under a willow tree, wondering what a first kiss feels like. And they share one after Veda heads home. Thomas J returns to the woods to search for Veda's mood ring, unaware that the beehive he knocked down is still active, he is surrounded and attacked by the bees, which ends up taking his life. Sad God. shit. Before we get to the sad stuff, I am going to give uh, my other six pack. All right, let me hit it. The first kiss between Veda and Thomas J. That was like Kevin Arnold and Winnie Cooper level first kiss, as far as seeing a first kiss between kids. That was up there. And you know, what's funny is I don't have it on here, but I do have a fact that that was their, those yeah. two's first on screen kiss ever. Yep. I didn't know that. So yeah. I thought it was their first uh, kiss ever. Not. Well, I think so his wonder years. Uh, I'm thinking of actually, I think it might've been wonder. Years well, I know for a fact that from what I read on the facts, I don't know what their first kisses were, but it could have been, uh, I know what's funny is Macaulay Culkin recalls that he thought it was gross and had to do the scene 12 times back then. He thought it was gross. You know, well, yeah. now he'd be like, Anna Klumsky, uh, 
Uh, I don't think nah, so. I would go out with her. <laughs> I don't think so. Why? Because he's already gone out with Mila Kumis. Oh, well, that's true. I mean, <laughs> you've got Mila Kunis, uh, you're, you're good. Doesn't matter. I mean, they're I'm all sorry, nice Anna Klumsky, like, I'm just still, I'm one episode left of Inventing Anna. Oh, oh, so, I'm sorry. Anna Klumsky is in. I know. I, I haven't watched so it. Funny. It's called Inventing Anna. It's like her name is and Anna. And she's Anna. Oh, it's funny. <laughs> But uh, Anna Klumsky is like, and I don't mean this in an offensive way. It's like, she is not an unattractive lady, but she's not Mila Kunis. Yeah. You know, that's true. I mean, you know, I had to know about them mentally. Like she said, I only surround myself with mentally stimulating people. Like she said earlier in this movie. So I'd have to know how mentally seven days. Now, I do want to say, uh, when it came to her first uh, menstrual cycle here, I can honestly say the single father would be ill-equipped to handle that situation. He was very lucky that it was Shelly well, that was there. A single father them. in the 70s with no YouTube? Absolutely. <laughs> no YouTube? That's so fucking true. You couldn't just go Google it. You had to actually know shit. Right. And that's people don't understand you actually didn't know shit but here's the thing too and this is where it's crazy because this is health class as a kid they send yeah. the boys out during girl health i class. remember back in the day they send the girls out when boys are learning about stuff so again you're not prepared for that so they apparently the educational system never thought of the concept of a single parent and what should they know and what should they be able to handle because they don't prepare you for that shit from in fourth grade you're right. When you in that age, they take the, the boys and the girls, they send right. them to different classes and say, learn this shit. And you learn a totally different perspective when if you were all in the same class, you would understand each other's exactly. situation a little more. I'm, so I'm a single parent at that point. I'm bleeding on my cross. Now, and I'm just like kickball. That's <laughs> all I know. I was playing kickball. Now, which is funny. We were talking about this because now there's all these weird um, uh, laws being passed in certain states. Where I don't even know how much you can talk about all this anymore before it gets weird. Right, you get, what? Fun. No, talking about sex and stuff. Like it's you know, it, our world's going to hell in a handbasket. I just here. like I, you know, it's funny. Like laws you're going to pass to keep things away from people. Again, the day and age we live in, it makes it magnifies it. That and also. We have the internet. What yeah. the hell do you think you're keeping away from people? I always say it's it's like when you said, remember back in Prohibition when you said people couldn't drink? Yeah. They drank more. Right. So just when you, when, you, when you can control what the information is, it's much easier than telling them to not have the information. Mm-hmm. That's, what, that's what I think a lesson that people have not understood is when you, when you give the right information and can control it, it's a lot easier them trying to fight it because eventually it'll they'll do what they want to do catholic school don't have sex what do they do they do anal spread okay. it and get it <laughs> no. have you heard of that the i remember on oprah there was a story years ago i don't know how long ago but where they said that they were still virgins because they only had sex in the anal sex <laughs> yes so i'm like okay People, uh, sex is sex, people. It I'm doesn't not, matter what. Front door virgin. And that's it. <laughs> oh, man. But I do want to say this. And it's ironic that she says nothing happens to boys and she thinks that's not fair. But 
here's where I think it's poetic is how does she treat him when he comes to the door? Right. So nothing physically happens like with that, but the way she treats him shows that when someone is that way, you're really treating someone something like physically shit. physically happened to him. She physically assaulted him. Yeah. So Let's things happen all, to the boys across the fucking porch. <laughs> yes. got a splinter in his ass. That's true. Um, that is so true, but that's what I'm saying. It's one of those things where, where it, it just so showed, no, this thing doesn't happen to him, but see how you're treating him. That happens to him. <laughs> that's like, that happens to him. Oh man. That's so sad. Um, now, uh, I do want to hit, they have that funeral going on and I, and I have a generic moment here cause they do have a funeral in here. I got something here. <laughs> and that's when Gramu interrupts the funeral and starts singing, uh, because, well, because Dan Aykroyd's doting on yes. <laughs> Shelly a little bit. And then what's her name leaves for a minute, leaves her side. I, but it makes me so nervous when shit like this happens on a, in a movie. Like, like I feel nervous for the situation. I don't know why. I just, you know, it's, it's very, those, un- it's very uncomfortable to watch. It is. And I really, it's hard for me but, to watch things like this. When you see something like that and you're like, it makes you think of like, how would you handle that situation if you were in it? Yeah. It's one of those situations where you're just like, you wouldn't know what to do. Yeah. You wouldn't just hope it ends quick and goes away. <laughs> Yeah, just, just please get her out of here. No, yeah. But, for, but watching it, you feel all that too. Um, now I have a question for you. Since yeah. we get to the part where they have their first kiss, do you know your first kiss? I do. How? What age? Uh, I was twelve. Oh wow, that's that's older. Okay, yeah. She was sixteen. Whoa, shit! Robbing the cradle, kind of. Why? Well, what, what was wrong with her? Um, I'll just tell you this right now. Do you remember the Jenny Jones show? No, I remember that. No, you don't. It was like around Ricky Lake time and everything. It's one of those talk shows. Okay. Yeah, I I probably, yeah, it probably is in the malaise of those now. Not because they're all nondescript kind of. She ended up being on it. Mm. That's for what? For what? Um, It was a like show about people (laughs) like in bad relationships. I think, I think that's that's what it was. She was and broken. That's why like she refusing, kissed you. She was like refusing to. This was before. That was before that. She was like refusing to be alone, basically. That's all I really uh, want to say about it. Because, I mean, hindsight, I would have much rather had my first kiss with pretty much fucking anybody else. Okay. Okay. I My first kiss, I was really young when I had a little girlfriend like in first grade and kissed her. Like, yeah. you know, as you do. So, now. Uh, yeah. I had. I was a late bloomer. What can I say? Oh, how about this? When did you have your first French kiss? That was her. Okay. Mine was like all at once. That fourth grade. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, what's really, Oh, I got a story. I did. This came back to me. So, you know, that was a big deal when, you know, you told somebody like, Oh, you do that. You've done that. Yeah. And so then I had a couple little kids go, well, we want to see what that looks like. Oh God. So we go to the little girl's house. (laughs) We get in this little shed, her shed. And they do, and they watch us do this kiss thing. It was so fucking, now I feel like gross, but, (laughs) but it was, you know, it wasn't. Yeah. Yeah. But that, my little girlfriend, she gave me little French kisses. Yeah. 
little French kisses when you don't know how to control your saliva levels or what's going on. Hey, man. All like, you know. I, I, I'm just going to check each other's oil there with That's our tongue. That's what I'm saying. You know? like, there's times just like afterwards, <laughs> you got to wipe your sleeve to it because it's just. But, but what I didn't do when we were done oh, is yeah. I did not say the Pledge of Allegiance. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I feel like after my first one, the knowing everything. I told you I should have said a Hail Mary or something afterwards. I don't know. Yeah. It's like, I, shit. I, that's awesome. Uh, I got a six pack here. Okay, or wait a second, yeah. no, I've got a generic for you. All right. I've got a generic. Is it, am I right about this generic? No, not with that. You don't think it's a generic? Oh, whoa. You, so next time I see you, if I spit in my hand and no, shake your hand, I you're do, cool. But when it's not like a kind of thing, you know, it's more like, when people are hawking loogies, this okay. goes back. No, this goes back to what I said—the Blood Brothers thing. Um, I've I've done stuff like that with people as a kid, so that it didn't bother me. It's more the dead fish for aspect. Qualifying. It's the dead fish aspect, dude. Fuck you. It's the dead fish aspect when you're rubbing that in with it. That's where I'm like, no, no. <laughs> so on. when I see you the next time, I'm gonna spit in my hand and say, "What's up." Because like, I ever fucking shake your hand? Fuck you. Exactly. <laughs> Anyways, I've got a six-pack here. All right. So when they're doing this, she says, I'm going to marry Mr. Bixler. And, you know, he's like, well, if you don't him, I like when Thomas J says, will you think of me? And then his smile, like how happy he was when she was like, yeah. You know, but... Macaulay gets you with the smiles. Yes. He hits me, hits me hard. And then he hits me, you know, this isn't a six pack, but then he does it again right when they're done. And she goes away. He goes, you know, she has to go. So he goes back and looks for that fucking ring. Yes. And then we all know what happens. It, it that 10 I, cent fucking mood ring from the that five meant something five. to her because this that's what I'm trying to say. He he cares about her so much. He wants her to have that ring back. Right. Cuz he knows how important it was to her even though she said he makes her in a bad mood every time she sees her. <laughs> that's what I don't fucking get. Oh. Man. So, all right. Are you I got a question here. Cuz I know this is getting you all upset every time you talk about this shit. But now I'm starting to wonder something. What? Are you more like genuinely upset because of Macaulay Culkin dying and what he went through? Or are you more upset because he tried to do something for a girl and it backfired? No, no, I'm not upset. I'm like, about are you that like, no. that's why you don't do anything for people. That's why you don't do it. That's why all you right. just stay away. Yeah, you go right. ahead, man. Read this okay. next one. So Harry is left to deliver the tragic news to Veda. Following one more doctor visit, a devastated Veda stays in her bedroom for a full day. Prior to Thomas J's funeral, Shelley suggests that Harry cheer up Veda, but he brushes her off like he do. To this, Shelley emotionally urges him to open his effing eyes to his daughter's pain. When Veda finally leaves her bedroom, sees Thomas J, her grief becomes so strong that she runs away in tears. She rushes to Mr. Bixler's house, wanting to stay with him and telling him she doesn't love him, but then discovering he's got a side piece and they're engaged. 
So this section is the one. Yes. If you have a kid, and, and you know, if you have a child, this section is the one that hits you the hardest. And I wanted to say something about this. Um, this section has some of the best acting by Klumsky, I think. Yeah. Like, she does a great job. Yes. Um, she she did it so well, we felt her pain. And, yeah. and because we felt it, we understood her reluctance to see Thomas J. Because yeah. she herself, while she may not have treated her great him great all the time, she loved him just as much. And when and, and when we finally get to the scene where she sees him in the coffin, that moment right there, yeah. you know, when she asks about climbing that fucking tree, every yeah. time I'm going to tell you, it hits me in the feels yeah. when, I, when I watch the movie all the way through. Um, yeah. And her world and that moment is falling apart. And that and that and as a parent, as a father of a child, it hurts to see that. Yes. So I got to say, um, I mentioned earlier, I did have another generic moment even though i'm not labeling it my generics or oh you're gonna generic this i mean a generic one part that i just did not care for is them with the gurney which with him on it oh yeah wheeling him in that was overkill to me okay we've seen the mini casket we've gotten everything else we've seen that to me i'm like okay that was pushing it too far for me you think it was? I didn't need to see that. I don't. That no. And it hit that, you. That was just too much. I'm sorry. I'm like, no. I'm just saying that was not needed. There's enough death and bad shit in this movie at this point. That yeah. was not necessary. And I'm just telling you right now, if I had been involved with this movie, I'm cutting that and leaving it on the cutting room floor. Maybe find another way to convey maybe the message you were trying to deliver in that he scene. Was dead. She was going to see him, and they were going to. They showed that him in the casket. We didn't need to see that. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. I I, I think uh, you know if you're going to do something, just show them delivering another small casket to the funeral parlor. <laughs> I don't know about that. Now, that as a father, um, as yeah. a father, I don't know about you. Could could you imagine having to deliver this type of news like? How hard would that be to say your best friend? Dude, no, I don't. Unfathomable. See, I don't, I can't do that because I don't even get that far. I'm more focused on his mom and their parents. I'm like, I can't get that far. I'm like, I can't imagine if that would happen to your own child. I don't even take it to having to explain to your own kid if somebody. Well, it is your kid, so you have to, but I'm, I'm saying though. Like when I see that happen immediately, that's what I go to. I don't think about farther than that, having to explain it to your child who's still alive that their friend died. Yeah, we saw because we saw his his mother at least a couple times, and yeah. we saw how she took care of him and and all that, and and they seem like a really good family. That's a family I wouldn't mind living with. Yeah. Um, they seem like they're pretty cool. Well, I guess there's a spot open. <laughs> oh, oh, that's. Oh, oh, hey, yeah. <laughs> Anthony bringing the heat during that a was, very solemn moment. That was oh. not cool, and I admit that. <laughs> ah. Oh, now, I, but like I said, being a father now, this really touches a nerve that I didn't have when I first saw this back then. This movie wasn't as good to me in 1991 when I was 16 years old, 17 years old. Yeah. Um, actually, I, was, I just turned 17, so as it is now. So this was better to me back then because I didn't think of it the same way. 
So I'm glad that I didn't. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, because, yeah, it just didn't hit me the same uh, back then. And now it's, whew. I'm just saying this part yeah, is it's, tough. It's rough. Um, it definitely is. The whole fucking um, movie. It's just like, what the fuck? And I, I mean, to me, this whole movie is just a PSA of why to not work at a funeral home. <laughs> I don't know about that. I mean, we need people who do that, I guess. We can't, we gotta, we gotta somehow dispose of them. We can't turn them all into Soylent Green. <laughs> so, uh, okay, I'm going to read the next section now. I think we've talked about our feels. Letting you know, a tear was shed during that when I watched it multiple times. All right. Uh, Veda continues her grieving on the willow tree where she and Thomas J hung out. When Veda returns home, everyone is relieved, including Shelly, whom Veda begins to accept as her future stepmother. Her grief also manages to mend the rift between her and her father, who assures Veda that her mother's death was not her fault. Toward the end of summer, Veda and her father see and comfort Mrs. Sennett, who still struggles with her son's death. She returns Veda's mood ring, which Thomas J. had found. On the last day of her writing class, Veda reads a poem in memory of her best friend. See, in movie. that's the part where, like, you're talking earlier what upsets you that part is only like just the mother and what she's going through. Oh, that would hurt. Like, that would hit too. That would hit too. Damn. Like, I mean, it's, it's just God awful, you know, but I, so I think you have a son and I have a daughter and I think because they have the son, maybe your feels there. Maybe it's because you have a the daughter deeper. and you're just associating that with the girl. Lives yes. in the movie. Okay. I get that. That makes sense. Oh yes, that's yes. how you're looking at it because when that's you're my watch- experience. When you're watching it, you're just picturing her as your daughter in the movie because she's your daughter, and I get it. Yeah, so that makes sense when yeah. you say it like that, like how you would view it. <laughs> Definitely, just man. Like, just you know, ah. I yeah. Now God I damn do- you, Brian. Sorry, man. <laughs> Fuck. For, hey, for recommending no. this movie, I'm just kidding. But dude. You're going to you're going to hear our thoughts here. I'm just saying. I will say that and thank you for supporting the show. <laughs> when she goes I do I, a couple things. I like that she eventually admitted she stole the money from Jamie Lee Curtis. Yes. Um and then, then Jamie Lee says, "Well, dedicate your first book to me." And I'll get to that in a second. But thing. um but and then I like when she does go to the poet poetry class and reads her poem because thinking she killed her mother was probably a heavy burden to her. Right. And now that she's able to share that grief with her father, with, with uh, Shelly, and now she shared it with that class, I bet she feels so much freer. Well, that and, and the fact that her poem was the best one that class did the whole session. Well, flesh and mesh. From the stuff we've heard. Yeah, Italian food. What, what was that? There was some weird yeah, shit. Yeah, that was some crappy poetry by those people. <laughs> she's the only one that got her $35 worth. Exactly. <laughs> Cause she got better. She went from Rocky road to, to her, a death poem, which is pretty good. Now, um, like you said, though, the ring, when they see Mrs. Senate, that was a nice touch. It, it's, it just, to me, it really, it really drove that, like that, like how much he cared about her when she gave him that, her, that ring, that was one more thing. And I bet, I mean, it has to be later on. She 
was tore up about that and probably cried holding that yeah. ring in her hand. We could, I could see it's, that. Um, you know, here's what's kind of funny, though. Not funny, but there's a way to look at this that I feel is very interesting. And yeah. I don't know if this has ever really been touched on by people or they really thought about this way. Veda feels she has felt like she's responsible for her mom's death. Yeah. Oh, transference. And then how did Thomas J die because of her losing her mood ring? Like he went back and found it. Is there nothing there that, you know, cause you can look at as well, shit. Now you're back to square one. But her father kind of earlier said, you know, these things happen. They're accidents. Yeah, I think yeah, he helped her. I know. But still, I'm I'm saying, I think a lot of people would be in that situation like, oh, shit, I did it again. Britney Spears. Oops. Oops. Yeah. But I just want to go back to the thing that with Thomas J, it shows that he was never her backup. He was always the person taking care of her and loving her the right way, even at that age. Like, you could only, although, you know what? In about four years, they probably would hit hormones and separated. So who knows? <laughs> now, I do want to say Maybe. one more thing. In a cheaper copycat movie, I have it in here. They would have ended this with her as an adult, just like um, uh, Stand By Me. Yeah. Typing a dedication to Thomas J. and Shelley, you know, Writer. something like that. And then that's the end of the movie. Like to give us some sort of payoff in the end. Like, oh, she did though. become a writer, you know, it's already been done though. in stand by me. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. I'd say, but I said a cheaper movie would have done copycat yeah. thing. Right. Yeah. Um, and I want to go back to one thing that, that she also went, when he died, like he wanted to be an acrobat and that's why they always climb trees. I forgot to say that. And that's yes. It, it makes me sad. He never going to be the acrobat, but it's just a movie, Mike. That's what I got to remind myself. Just a movie. Okay, so Even though shit like this happens every day, it's just a movie. Have some facts. Um, we already talked about one of them. I already talked about the scenes being added because of Culkin and Klumsky's terrific energy. But here's one for you. Culkin liked to pull pranks on Klumsky. He stuck double-sided sticky tape to the toilet seat, intending to inconvenience his and Klumsky's tutor, but managed to trick his co-star instead. When he was involved with toilet humor or work, Culkin played poker when he wasn't involved with toilet humor or work, Culkin played poker with the crew and and listened to Vanilla Ice on his Walkman. I thought you'd like that touch. <laughs> All right. Curtis told Klumsky and Culkin, this is another fact, Curtis told Klumsky and Culkin she would give them $5 for saying shit and $10 for every time she said fuck on set. She ended up handing over $200 to each of them by <laughs> the end of filming. So... There's that one. And I've got one more for you because we've done a movie with this person. And I know he's one of your favorites. Charlie Corsmo was offered the role of Thomas J, but decided to make Hook for Steven Spielberg and turn down the role. You know what's really funny about that? That fact. Um, We just finished watching Hook yesterday. Yeah. Last two days we've been watching Hook with our son. And? Just just that. A lot of people don't like it. Because I'm like, oh, yes, I forgot. It's the kid. A lot of people really don't like that movie and find it has a lot of problems. So it's not it's really problems. high. Yeah. yeah. So, so yeah, I, I never, 
I've never really well, sat through it. So there you go. See, uh, well, not not the last two nights, the night before last, because last night and tonight we watched Pee Wee's Big Adventure, which my wife was not thrilled. Uh-huh. My son was. Da, 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 da. Was he doing the dance? Oh, yes. Da, 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 oh, yeah. He da, da, broke that shit down. <laughs> the kid gets up and dances anytime there's music on and anything. Yeah. So I want him to get on the coffee table and uh, do the. Yes. Oh, do he the, will. He will. Yeah. <laughs> yes, he jumped up right away and he's staring at the screen, mimicking the whole fucking thing. It's awesome. Oh, you should have got ta- You should have got video, man. You know you what? Got- we, I usually do. I didn't happen to get that. Like, yeah, it was you dark, need to just turn a video camera on in the basement, like the lights are off. So, yeah, yeah. So, all right, oh, are crazy. we ready? I got, but he got to do the announcements at school today. That was awesome. I got to. Oh, go. really? Yes, because he's they a better had... public speaker than you already. Oh hell yes, much better. <laughs> um, no, that was cool because I got to go. I they let me go into the office when he did it. I got to record the whole thing. It's awesome. Oh, nice. Like he busted that shit out. I was like, "Yeah, that's how you fucking do announcements." I didn't say that, but I yeah, he should he should emulate his uncle Mike, have some personality and style, and he'd be great at it. Yeah, let's I'm yeah steering him away from that. But okay, last, one more thing. Last but not least. Last but not least. Final what's, little yes. segment. <laughs> what's yeah, the souvenir? New, what? 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 Fuck you. Ready? Fuck great. you. Start over. All right. What's the souvenir, Anthony? That you would want. From this movie. Could it be the mood ring? No. That's not at all. No. Um, I'm gonna tell you the souvenir I would actually pick from this movie. Uh just because <laughs> I don't want the mood ring because it's kind of some bad juju to it. Um I gotta say, I would want a specific bingo ball. Oh, yeah oh you're right i I was just thinking bingo card in my head and you said ball because you know what the ball was it was oh it was oh Oh, 69 (laughs) fuck yeah i would want that bingo ball oh 69 i personally um i think uh i would want thomas j's glasses so there you go that's weird but okay hey I like weird, so there you go. Apparently. We're going to rate this shit up. Here we go. Okay. Um, this is a tough, tough one to do for sure. Um, now, I remember... So... Well, I got to say with this before I, I go into this, I, I do know that both of us have this have this thing with when we review mo- movies, each of us, there are some movies we both do this. There are some movies we review based more on how we remember seeing it. And then there's ones we just can't get past seeing it now in that lens. I know we've both done this. There are certain movies each of us have been like, correct. No, I give it this movie or this rating because this is how much I liked it back then, which is completely fair. And that's fine. And you know, that's, I, that's how I like to do it just because my feelings on it. So I do remember liking this movie as a kid, partly because there's some really good actors in it and everything. And when you see it, when you're younger, it doesn't, you don't hold on to certain things the same way. You just, it's a movie. You look at it like that. 
And then I think um, the promotion does play a big role in that because I feel like there's movies, you know, when you're a kid and you see them, you see so many commercials for a movie and you've seen those certain scenes over and over because of that. So you associate it with those scenes a lot more than you do the movie as a whole. Because those are the things you remember the most because that's what's drilled into your head and that's what you've seen. So is it a good movie? Yes and no. Obviously, some of the things we talked about. Is it an important movie? I would say yes. There's a lot of message whipped into this movie for sure. One of the biggest, I think, knocks on it, looking back at it now and seeing it is, like I said earlier, what pisses me off about it is it seemed so geared towards kids, the promotional aspects of it, because you had Macaulay Culkin blowing up and you saw him plastered all over it on the cover, the voiceover on the commercials and everything like that. I think that's a fucking fail (laughs) on them to do that for what the movie is and the subject matter and what's going on with it. That is not cool to me. So literally all I can do with this movie is just cut it down the middle and give it a 12. Ouch. That's that, you know, I, there's a lot of reasons I could go higher. There's reasons I could go lower, but I didn't have this fact, but I have one um, that I'll give that. I just know off the top of my head is that the movie because of its theming was originally PG 13 and they petitioned and got it dropped to a PG. And they also consulted, with psychiatrists and psychologists about whether these themes should be geared towards children. And they said it was healthy for them to do that. So no, I don't agree. Why, with that, but, okay. but that's, that's, that's what they did. So there you go. Just a couple facts that you didn't know. I, I you know, I'm going to say though, it's like, I, I get, I, I understand that. But at the same time, when you see a movie and you see the commercials and you don't really know what's, going on with it it looks more like a coming of age with a young boyfriend girlfriend friends type of thing i get it and and then there's another fact i didn't bring up but i'll bring it up this time because you're saying this they they didn't want anybody to know before it came out and was watched on screen that macaulay culkin died in it one prick reporter that signed a thing saying they wouldn't do it did print it in a story so some people knew but you weren't supposed to know that that was going to happen right and that was supposed to be part of it was that you were shocked by that and to me i don't find that to be a problem i i don't know but anyways i have a review let me review it real quick i i want to throw this out though because you mentioned this and said that they you know they had psychologists and everything say it was healthy yes you know what i understand i could understand that i guess but at the same time there's healthy and then there's how much fucking healthy do you want to cram into one movie dealing with death when kids haven't really understood that yet. And they're seeing this because it's dead mother that you feel responsible for. Then your best friend's dead. And then your fucking senile grandmother is tap dancing through a fucking funeral. Like there's like, <laughs> yeah, I think it's a little overkill. A lot to and process. I Let me say my, my score. And he won't fuck me. Okay. That, because you're be pedophile. Flesh but, all yeah. mesh. <laughs> so i'm gonna say my my score here okay now i know that this was a kids movie as we've said but it wasn't uh the usual one to me i like it that it deals with so many things it deals with step parents mental illness death and many other issues you know menstruation you can pick it um yeah. and i'm not supposed to like this movie 
I'm not the demographic. I don't think it hit. Back then, I didn't like it at all because I was 17 and had no taste. Um, you know, I probably wanted to go watch Roadhouse again. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, but I, but you know what? It hits me in the feels now. I really, really like that. And because I shed a tear for Veda and Thomas J, this movie gets 22.5 cans. Wow. It's not as good as Stand By Me. Yeah, but man, you put that up there. And because I because it hits me you know, in the feels, it I, it does what it's it. supposed to do. You know, what? I get that, and like I said, that's why I just had to go halfway because there's a lot of reasons I can give it a higher score. Meet me halfway. I can't. I can't. Just knowing that how many kids saw this movie and probably yeah. weren't old enough to. Yeah. I don't know that. You know, and maybe it's the I parents' do. job to do I'll that. I'll tell you why. I do know I do know that. And you know why I know that? 121.5 million at the box office tells me that. Because this wasn't a date movie. This was parents taking their kids to see Macaulay Culkin from Home Alone in a fucking movie. That's and die. why. And die. die. That's why. <laughs> die but hard. I loved it. And I can't apologize for it. Well, how does it end up? How does it end up in the scoring? Well, 17.25. What's that near? What's that put it with? Um, it's a half point over over the top. It's a better movie than over the top. Which, uh, since we're on the subject right now, quick uh, pre-dated disclaimer. The one thing, because you just sang that. When we did over the top last week, we never once mentioned Kenny <laughs> Logan <laughs> on the soundtrack singing Meet Me Halfway, which is one of the best movie songs ever and yeah. i can't believe we fucking missed out on it. we didn't we, we got we talked red movie. rocker we got into the movie we talked sammy hagar and we never mentioned that and it's like a staple of the movie so i apologize to the world fail yeah if you oh, listen sorry. to this next like, that week. should have been like a big segment on that because yeah. hoggins is the soundtrack king anywho oh. so yeah 17.25 um heather's 17.5 for reference. Yeah, it's yeah, it has probably slightly. Yeah, Scent of a Woman 17.25. That's a better movie than this. Well, no, what did I give Scent of a Woman? 18.5. Nah, eh, okay. I, hey, I here here's here here you go. If you want as far as what to compare it to, Trading Places with Dan Aykroyd and Jamie Lee Curtis was 17.625. Wow, we just we have a we have a number for them, and it's somewhere around there. There you <laughs> go. That's that's where they work out to be. Apparently, you know the reason that these movies are so good is because Jamie Lee Curtis is hot. And that's it. Seventeen point two five identical. You've got mail. Oh yeah, okay. They're about yeah. I get it. I think each one you has know, their you, merits. Yeah, you gave you've got mail sixteen point five compared to twenty two point five for this. Yeah. Another seventeen. That's point, awful. 17.25, Clueless. I, I gave Clueless probably a 14, right? Uh, you gave it now 13 and a half. Yeah, I'll say I knew it was idiot. low. You're an idiot. Because I'm not a big fan. You're All right. Idiot. Are we ready to move on? Uh, yes, let's move on. I wanted to lock you in a room with a beehive. <laughs> oh, shit. I'm not allergic, though. We would you like see, to think. We would, you make what? me go back through these scores and I see some of your shit. And it just infuriates me. 
Well, you know, someday I want to put them on the website. We would like to thank you for listening. We also encourage you to hit that subscribe button and leave us a rating and comments and all that fun stuff. Remember, you can go to our website, sodapopcultureclub.com, for all things related to the show, including your chance to make movie suggestions just like today's episode. And Brian, who mostly ambushed me, yes, made Brian, me sad. Thank you for putting us through this today. Um, yeah. You did good, partner. I'm just going to say that. Made me cry. And uh, just, you know, our episode schedule is there. We also have an Instagram, a Facebook, Twitter, and we have a Twitch channel. Um, so, yeah, definitely check those things out. And we have a TikTok, trying to make more of those. Uh, now we want to give you a little tease as to what next week's movie may be. If anybody asks, anybody at all, I fucked you. Twice. Oh, gosh. Oh, nothing like uh, fake pedophilia. Uh, anyways. Pedophilia. <laughs> and, and as always, uh, we want to thank you for listening because we do appreciate you. And if you've made it this far, we really fucking appreciate you because you got to the end. Anything else you need to say, Anthony? Uh, no, I think we covered everything today. There's a lot going on. Wore us out, but we will be back. And yes, we will. Yes, we will. Thanks for listening.